Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and I am Dan Campana, the Senior Manager for PR and Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to a very important and certainly timely with everything that's going on in the world, you know, as COVID still is a part of what's going on, but we're, we're here to talk about vaccines and the meaningful step that this is in what we've been dealing with for the last year. And to, to walk me through this and to really offer some great insights is Dr. Lisa Wolf, ENA's Director of Emergency Nursing Research. So I'm going to jump right in. Lisa, welcome to the ENA podcast. Hey, thanks so much. So, um, Lisa, you've been really just digging into the literature. You've been, you know, just enveloping yourself in everything that there is relating to, um, you know, the, how we got to the point of having a vaccination available for COVID-19. I'm going to start you with two real simple questions. Um, very simply, should people get vaccinated? Yes, absolutely. When should people get vaccinated? As soon as they can. So obviously there's a ton of different ways that we can get into why you should and why you should do it soon. So let's take it from a couple different approaches. Um, and the first thing that there clearly has been some skepticism or cynicism or cynicism or whatever you want to say it is around vaccination, these vaccinations. Um, why is it safe? What, what have you read? What have you learned about this process? And what, if anything, is different or the same that is helping you feel as though, um, you know, we're, we're, nothing's been compromised to get us to the point of having vaccinations available? Right. Um, so I think understanding, the critical piece here is understanding how clinical trials work and how medications and vaccines and therapeutics get developed. Um, and that process takes a really long time, mostly because um, the time periods between steps are marked by fundraising and grant writing and getting buy-in from manufacturers and getting other scientists and reproducing your results, right? So all of those things um, take a really long time. And depending on uh, the, I guess, the difficulty that you have doing that, um, that's why vaccine development takes, you know, four to 10 years. Um, it, what's different about this is that um, by last January, we had the sequence, we had the viral sequence. And so people starting to use this mRNA technology um, had it, you know, I, I read something yesterday, actually, that said they literally had it in a weekend, right? They had sort of the, the, the bones, the prototype of this vaccine in a weekend from when they had the sequencing. So not only was this like a lot of groundwork for this particular vaccine laid um, in the work done on SARS and on MERS, you know, in the last 10, 20 years. Um, so people, this is not a completely unknown virus. There's, there's some things that people know about it. And so you have some pre-existing knowledge. You have a technology that works incredibly well, right? Because you can code for the spike on the protein without ever putting the virus itself into the vaccine. Um, and you had these, the worldwide focus on solving this problem. So um, it was well-funded. There were a hundred different candidates at one point. Um, there was just a, the entire world focused on solving this problem. And when you have that kind of focus and that kind of financial and logistical support, you can do, you can do this safely in the amount of time it has taken. 
And one of the things that maybe has been overlooked is that one of the first things as this started to pick up in this country was people asking, well, when is there going to be a vaccine? And while all that was happening, what you just described in that early spring and maybe even summer mm -hmm. of 2020, the timelines that people were suggesting you know, really surrounded late 2020, early 2021. So we're on, you know, the, the target was really pretty track. much, yeah. So again, there wasn't necessarily any changes to what people understood about how long it could take. And it has, you know, generally lined up with that, right? Right. So, you know, we talked about why it's safe um, in the scope of really this pandemic as a whole and how it spreads and, you know, it being a bit of a ghost, you know, you can't see it, you can't feel it, but why is it needed? Why is vaccination needed in order to really find the next level of reducing risk and reducing spread? Because to me, it sounds like participation matters. The more people that do it, the better chance we have of making some of that the progress that hasn't come from just masks and social distancing and the things that have sort of worn people down over the last year. Right. Well, what, what, what people, what you're shooting for is herd immunity, right? And so, uh, and this is what we talk about when we talk about things like measles vac vaccination and, um, you know, pneumococcal uh, vaccinations and flu vaccinations, right? What you're trying to do is reduce the number of people who can contract and therefore transmit the illness. So, you can't get herd immunity by just letting people get the disease, right? You'll kill so many people that it's impractical right? Um, and ethically kind of sketchy. So in this case, um, the idea is that by vaccinating large uh, swaths of the population, especially the most vulnerable, right? So healthcare workers, people in nursing homes, uh, people who, who are uh, frontline forward facing uh, with the public, uh, in their jobs, right? All those people, if they can't get sick, then they can't transmit it. And so you reduce the number of people who can actually get sick and transmit the virus. So the more people who get vaccinated, the fewer people, even if they're not vaccinated for whatever reason, will get sick. And ultimately, in order to do this all the right way, it's going to take a combination. It's vaccinations, but we're going to continue to live with masks and distancing and a lot of those same recommendations for a, a period of time because of the, the length of time it will take to get to certain thresholds of people vaccinated, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not going to stop everything cold, you know, but you can rest a little easier, right? It seems to me like if you're an emergency nurse, um, you will be able to go to work and not be afraid of bringing this home. You will be able to fully be present for your patients because you're not worried about getting sick. Um, there's all kinds of, I think, uh, that mental weight of, of working in this pandemic that gets a lot better uh, once a good number of people are vaccinated. And you made a good point there. I mean, kind of boiling it down to really like the human focus of this. Um, ED nurses have seen so much, you know, about what this, virus can do. I mean, it, if it wasn't as devastating as it is, there wouldn't be the numbers of people that have been in EDs and in ICUs and on ventilators and all that. You know, uh, emergency nurses have seen the worst of what this can do. Mm -hmm. um, when, when you kind of take it back to that level, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, but ultimately this starts to create, you know, some peace of mind. It does start to create some protection and really even the simplest things of being, you know, nurses not feeling as though they can't go home to their families or they have to take you know, an hour's worth of precautions before they give somebody a hug. 
Um, do you think that's been overlooked or, or how important is it to really kind of focus back on this, that it does mean that you can feel more confident in interaction with patients, with your families. It's going to create a new level of, of I don't want to use the word security. I don't think that's the right word, but it's, it, it is a peace of mind. Is that, do you think that's been lost a little bit in what the hubbub around a vaccination has been? Well, I, I think emergency nurses in general are, are extremely good at coping with terrible things. And as we know from our work with secondary trauma, this is kind of another version of that, right? So in order to go into work, you have to shut down that part of you that is totally anxious about getting sick, right? Um, but it's still there. And if we can remove sort of that fear from that anxiety from people, I think they will be surprised at how much lighter they're going to feel um, once that once that happens. So, Lisa, with everything that you've seen when it comes to you know vaccinations in general, but also you know the process and where we're we're going with vaccinations. I mean, obviously, frontline workers and nurses have certainly you know they're a part of that priority. You know, have been a part of that priority in the beginning. And then this eventually turns into a, a more public facing and a more about how do we, you know, logistically get people ready for this to roll out in the spring. Um, what, what role do you think, you know, would be important for emergency nurses to play when it goes into the point of encouraging the public and being good ambassadors of information about why all the things we've just talked about, why all of that is important for the public to understand as well? Right. Well, if, if, I mean, if you've been a nurse for any length of time, you know, you know that everyone in your family will now call you up and say, should I take this vaccination? Um, and, you know, there's a certain amount of trust, you know, there's this whole thing about nurses, you know, being the most trusted profession and stuff. And so, so people will ask us things. Um, I think we also need to really own the authority of understanding the science behind the vaccine. Um, Cause that's part of our job is to understand that. Right. And um, so given that here's what the science is showing us when people ask, gee, should I get vaccinated? Um, the answer should be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, the science supports a safe and effective um, process here. The, the New England Journal of Medicine just put out the Pfizer paper, their safety and efficacy trial. And you know, this has been peer reviewed, it's gone through the scientific process. And I, you know, as a researcher and a scientist have, have no reason to be suspicious of this data. Like this is it, this is what we've been waiting for. Right, and it's right. better than we thought it was gonna be. And ultimately, like everything else in this pandemic, um, there's still gonna be evolution of what happens sure. when it comes to vaccination. And right. that doesn't mean that what happened in the first wave is, is wrong or wasn't done right. It's that, you know, as we've learned throughout this pandemic, things are going to continue to change and recommendations and those things are going to continue to evolve, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, I think another part of the challenge of getting people the right information is that people are not used to seeing science playing out in real time, right? Sure. And when science plays out in real time, um, as soon as new information comes in, you incorporate it and you change what you're doing and something else comes in and we, so we now we change what we're going to do again. That's not being like scientifically wishy-washy. That's responding appropriately to new information. 
Sure. And that's a part of the emergency nurses world anyway. I mean, you're constantly adjusting process and procedure based off of best new best practices or new guidance on things. I mean, so we hope (laughs) (laughs) we hope so. But obviously, there's still a lot that's going to happen with this. And, you know, there may be a glimmer of a light at the end of the tunnel, but at least it's, you know, it's we're going in a direction that holds promise. So with that, I, you know, um, what a final thought from you about just the idea that of how we are, how we've gotten to this point with vaccinations or where we need to go from this point moving forward with vaccinations. Right, I think this is a very interesting time period. And this this is gonna be the subject of a whole lot of doctoral dissertations in the next, you know, 10, 15 <laughs> years. Um, I think the, the variable response at the state and federal level has made people very suspicious of, and, and not uh, unreasonably so, right? Very suspicious of anything, um, anything, and sure. and to do with this with this pandemic, and so I think this is where you've really got to put your trust in the science, um, and and trust that 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 process happened appropriately, and that this is going to be um, a turning point for the, you know, really for all of us, right? We can we can actually start slowing down uh, a, a little bit with with you know, this, this many cases, this many deaths. I mean, this is, this has been like the worst thing. And, um, and for nurses to really like sort of put aside the messages coming, the mixed messages coming and really like, take a minute, read the New England Journal, you know, go read the peer reviewed literature, stay off of YouTube, (laughs) you know, look at the science. Um, and I think you feel a lot more confident in how you eventually come out on that. Well, Dr. Lisa Wolf, you know, thank you so much for being a part of the ENA podcast and, and really kind of giving us that, that quick hit understanding of how we got here, why it's important, and really the messaging that can help you know, people know where to go and what to do and really how to be ambassadors of good information uh, as we move forward, the, you know, the next step and the next step and the next step after that when it comes to vaccinations and everything going on with this pandemic. Super. So with that, um, you know, in addition to everything that, uh, that Lisa mentioned in terms of places to go and look for information, um, you know, always you can take a look at the ENA website, you know, look at our COVID-19 resource page, which does have uh, new information, updated information about vaccinations. And there's new things, COVID bites and other pieces of information that we're putting uh, on that page and, and sharing across our social media to help uh, you get a grasp of everything that's going on and to be able to do some of that you know, research and understanding of what, uh, what's happening as it relates to vaccination. So keep an eye on that page as well. With that, I uh, thank everyone for listening to this episode of the ENA podcast and look forward to you joining us uh, in the future for our next episode.